Hello? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So it looks like everything is, is, is good. Um, you know what I'm saying? So we can go ahead and get started. Okay. Um, yes. As soon as you're ready, I'm right here. Okay. First of all, I just want to tell you, man, like, you don't understand, like, this is an honor and a privilege for this to even be happening right now. Like, you know what I'm saying? Y'all don't, like, you were, y'all were a soundtrack to my life, you know what I'm saying, for a, for a long time. So, you know what I'm saying? I just want to first and foremost say I really appreciate you even taking the time to rap with us, man. Hey, I appreciate you guys having us. We're very, very grateful. We're very thankful over here. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. So, um, I guess I I, I want to start where where it actually started at. You know what I'm saying? Well, I, I know the Face is a Death album, but that's not the one that the you know that the the average bone listener would remember. So, you know what I'm saying? Take me back to creeping on the come up. Like, you know what I'm saying? What was that like getting your first deal and actually putting out an EP that really took over like that? Well, you know that wasn't our first deal. Um, our first deal happened with Easy. I mean, excuse me, it happened in Cleveland with a uh, a local guy, and um, you know we put out a song, a record called Faces of Death, and we traveled, we toured. It didn't really do too much of anything because you know, as you know, you know when you're a local actor, you're only going to put so much marketing and promotion behind it and decide it, et cetera, et cetera. So after that, we got our feet wet. You know, we had something for, um, you know, to bring out when we went out to L.A. And that's what we brought out there. And then we hooked up with Easy e and then Creeping on the Come Up. You know, we eventually got to Creeping on the Come Up for, for about two years, 93, 94, in the beginning of 95, up until Easy e died and passed away suddenly. It was just Easy e and Bone Thugs and Harmony. We was his new guys. We were the guys that the newest guys on deck. And it felt damn good. Whenever we needed money, Easy was right there. You know, we told Easy E, we said, dude, if you try to play us like you played Dr. Dre and, and Ice Cube, we're gonna beat your ass. And we had a we had a family kind of he was like, Man, I ain't gonna play y'all, I ain't gonna play y'all and it was in all in love, man. It was all lovingly. You know, but we had that kind of a relationship with him. And when he, like, we thought while he was dying and was in the hospital, we thought he was playing us. So we was like, you know, we got to do something to this motherfucker, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like rent was due at the big mansion that we had in Chatsworth. And eventually, you know, we found out otherwise. And I had my kids with me. I had three kids with me. And a guy came past, they used to work for Ruthless Records, and he said, y'all need to go home. He was like, it's some real bad stuff going on, and I can't tell you what's going on, but y'all need to go home. So I gathered up my kids and, you know, got them some bus tickets somehow, scrounged the money up, and we got them home, and then I got myself home, and then we found out that, you know, she was dying, and then he died of AIDS. Right. So creeping on a come up just consisted of two years of just us easy him giving his whole fan base over to us. Mm. His whole fan base. Like 
all of the people that loved him and gave us the entire fucking thing. And, you know, it was just a great experience for all of us. We were all grateful. We were all thankful. And to this day, we're still grateful. We're still thankful for everything that he did for us. Um, it, it remains. It remains in our hearts. So that was creeping on the come of some of the best times. And after that, it was every, you know, we had to start fending for ourselves and fighting for ourselves and realize that, you know, everybody wanted a piece of what we had. And they wanted a piece of what we had for themselves. It's when we really, really learn those with no talent, with no business skills, we're going to take advantage of those four or five young men because of the money that they were making and the things that they could do. And they did it with their chest out, standing strong. They felt as though they were strong and gangster enough and evil enough to where they could get, you know, get past it. And that was just what they were and who they remain to be to this day. So that okay. was creeping on the come up. Okay, okay. So I think that um, just just like a little quick story, man, like I just remember in my hood, you know what I'm saying, because I'm from St. Louis, so you know what I'm saying, we have, I think. St. Louis. Yeah, yeah. I think us being from the Midwest, we had a particular um, experience with everything that y'all had put out. It was, it was, it was real. You know what I'm saying? It was almost like y'all was from St. Louis to us. And so, you know what I'm saying? The thing is, the crazy part, like y'all had dropped Thuggish Rogers Bone, right? Um, mm-hmm. I had never heard the record, but the crazy part about it is, it was so many people who was walking around singing the record that I knew the song before I heard the song. And that has never happened to me at any other time in my life. Like, you know, oh, man, you talking here? Yeah, this is 20-some years ago, man. This is 20-some years. You talking history. I'm listening, though. I'm listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But that, that's just, you know, that's how I got introduced uh, to the music. It was people that were singing the records before they ever, before I even got a chance to hear it. You know what I'm saying? But, uh-huh. um, you know, and I also, I also wanted to ask you, you know what I'm saying? What was it, what was it like in terms of you, um, you know, when y'all dropped y'all second project, because that's the one that really made y'all a household name, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, you, you mean you, eternal? Yeah. The, the, the East 99. Okay, yeah, complete your sentence and I'm gonna listen. Oh, what I was saying was what was it what was it like? Uh, you know, by that point y'all dropped first of the month and everything like that and it, it made y'all a household name. You know what I'm saying? Like what what was the what was the Well uh, I mean this was, was it, let me just let me just give you the scenario. After Easy had died, everybody was fighting over Bone Thugs and Harmony. Eternal was already done. And mm. they were fighting to get that record out. Everyone was fighting in order to get that record out. And when it came out, it came out in the midst of us being owed lots of money. So when Eternal mm. came out, we, like, had nowhere to live. We had no money. And people were playing it in our neighborhood. And we were hearing people bumping it down the street while we all had to go back to Cleveland. So who was running Ruthless Records at that time? 
was like putting out the music and and we were in a we were in a state of poverty at that time and people didn't understand that. And right. it was cool. It's cool now. But then if I step into because I'm rich as fuck right now. But you know, back then it wasn't it was bad, man. It was all fucking bad. So that was how we felt. We were happy because it was doing its thing, but we were still in a fucked up position, right? So that's about where it was, man. That's about what the fuck was going on. And that's really, I mean, I, I got to keep it above 50 with you, you dig? So that's where it was, sir. Wow. Um, so that was Tamika, Tamika Wright that was running Rufus at that time, right? Well, it was a couple of people. You know, it wasn't just, you can't just put everything on homegirl. She was a 27-year-old scared little girl who thought she had AIDS. Mm. And she was being manipulated by anybody. You might as well do this because, you know, you never know what you got. And, you know, she being manipulated by people, and ain't nobody know what was going on at the time. She is a 27-year-old scared little girl, period, point blank. She wasn't a monster. She wasn't a a demon. She wasn't a devil. She was just a 27-year-old scared little girl. So it really had nothing to do with her, but it had a lot to do with other people who wasn't fucking easy either, who wasn't swallowing his sperm and scared that they had contracted that virus. So she was dealing with that. Okay. And, and, and you know, I'm not going to lie to you, out of everybody who uh, dealt with the whole Rufus Records umbrella, you, that's the first time that I ever heard somebody actually empathize with her, you know, because she painted to to be this evil person who got over on everybody. And, you know, so, so I think that's real dope that you're at a space in life where you can say you, it wasn't all her fault. I mean, shit, none of this shit was her fault. They was, like, she didn't give a fuck about nobody and nothing because she knew her days were numbered in her heart and in her mind and in her soul. She knew that this man was sleeping with her, and he had AIDS while he was sleeping with her. So she don't give a fuck about busy or crazy or lazy or wish or flesh or nobody else. She don't care about nobody. She questioning God and everything else that's going on because she feel like she done contracted the virus and she got the virus herself. So that's her level. You know what I'm saying? She's like, I'm going to die anyway, so I might as well get what I can get up out of this. You know, easy sign the whole company over to her so everybody says, you know, behind closed doors, nobody knows what happened. And it just went from there and then nothing but a bunch of vultures around. You know what I'm saying? Just real talk. You feel me? That's real. That's real. So um, that's another question that I wanted to ask you. Um, I've seen a lot of, uh, you know, interviews from people who, like, you know, Easy Kids and, you know, uh, even members of different groups and everything, artists that were signed to Ruthless, BG Knockout, all those kind of people. And, a lot of them don't feel like Easy E actually died of AIDS. Uh, what's your take on that? Do you feel like it was foul play, or do you really rock with the fact that he died of having AIDS? 
I mean, you know, none of us are physicians. None of us are doctors. None of us know indefinitely what happened. None of us can indefinitely say this is what happened or this is what didn't happen. And I take that position. I take the position of facts, facts versus fiction, fiction versus facts. And that's about as far as we can possibly go. We'll never know. Nobody's going to know for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. How the hell are we going to know? You know what I'm saying? Like, none of us can, my, my take on it, I, I look at it the same way as uh, my buddy from La Raza said, um, Kid Frost. He said he thinks because Easy used to go to an acupuncture and I think he got hit with a dirty needle from the acupuncturist. I think they were, you know, because people go to acupuncturists to try to cure all kinds of shit. You know what I'm saying? And people have their own home remedies. And I don't think mm-hmm. they cleaned those needles. And while he was going to the acupuncturist, I think he got hit with a dirty needle. And that's what I that's what I honestly think happened. Okay. To him. Okay. It did, I, I, so yeah, I, I look I at it like that. Okay, I've, I've, yeah, I've heard that, uh, that that take before, and you know, it's it's very plausible. You know what I'm saying? Um, oh yeah, it's very plausible. Yeah. So, um, y'all lost Easy at that time, and you know, y'all money situation ain't right, and in the midst of this, Crossroads is the biggest record in the world. Like, you know what I'm saying? What? What is it about Crossroads that you think people identify with on that magnitude? I mean, it's, it has everything to do with Tupac, Eazy-E, and Biggie passing away. And each death, each big major death, and then us doing songs with these guys. And then us being the first ones to use that CGI and all that other cool little stuff that we used for the video. So it all, I think, culminated... Uh, together and it became, you know, a, 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 a funeral song. It became a hit. And that's the way I look at that whole situation. You know, um, it, be, it, it, it took on a life of its own. And until and still to this day, it continues to do that. That's a fact. To this very, very day. Yeah, that's fact. And that's how I look at that situation as far as that goes. It just took on a life of its own, and we're here now. We're here at a place to where it's just like, wow, you know, um, Crossroads, If I, like I just did a show in Chicago at the Promontory. They sang every word, man. I didn't just do my part. It was a solo show for my carbon monoxide um, record that I put out. And they sang every single fucking word, brother. And yeah. it was amazing. Yeah, it was amazing, man. It was amazing. Just a straight blessing. So so this very, very day they sing it and they continuously sing it and we can't um I can't I, um it's just a blessed situation. You know, it's just a really, really blessed situation. Everybody is touched by by that song, everyone, everyone's, everyone's touched by that song. Yeah. So yeah, I believe that it, it. That's what I believe happened. I believe it just 
you add all of that stuff up, brother, and it just turned into something else, yo. For real, something else. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's a it's an argument going around about uh, you know uh, amongst y'all fans and uh, it's the diehards, but it's also like y'all got a new generation of diehards. So I've seen a lot of people chiming in on this particular topic. But I want to get your opinion. Like, which one do you th- which crossroads do you think was the best? Oh, it had to be the second one. The first you crossroads like the didn't one. have anything. Well, I mean, the first one didn't. The, the the first one had nothing to do with Eazy E. Oh. So okay. the, the okay. yeah, the first one didn't have anything to do with Eazy. The second one, when we started recording it, we knew this is a hit. We knew it. We knew it was a hit. Like we knew it. Okay. Like okay. we knew it. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. we knew it. You know, um, it wasn't nothing that we wanted to really talk about too much. You know, it, it just really, really wasn't something that we wanted to discuss. But we knew that it was a hit, like from the core of us. We're like we already knew, and it's gonna, and it's gonna, and we knew it was gonna stick to the people for eternity. You're not flying. You ain't got no wings. You ain't going nowhere. We knew that. We knew it was going to stick into the heart. And when it was being recorded, we recorded it like that just because the track was crazy. It was amazing. We got a little footage and film footage of it. So it, it had to be the second one. I feel that. Um, yeah, I, I, I actually agree with that. You know what I'm saying? There was a lot of people that was arguing me up and down that they felt like the first one. And was the better one, but it, the thing is, when it's all said and done, it's whatever whatever connects with you. You know what I'm saying? Because as long as oh, people yeah, love yeah, yeah. both of them, each day on, totally hear you. Each day on, totally hear you, brother. Yeah. Um. I, and another thing that I was talking about with 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 my uh, you know, my people, uh, I, it felt like the uh, Eternal East '99 album. It felt like it was just this. It, like, you know, because you know how when niggas get in the circles, you know what I'm saying, and it's just they homeboys and uh, and they are rappers. I feel like, you know, like everybody try to out-rap each other. And I feel like that was one big cipher between you and Crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, because folks, like most of the people, you know, they, they love the whole group, but it's always either you or Crazy that people just latched on to, you know what I'm saying? It was, was it a certain competition when y'all was recording y'all verses, or did y'all just care about No, I just, think, I just think we was like, I think that we were the people's choices, the two dopest MCs in the, in the band. We were just the people's choice. We were the right. two dopest ones in the crew. You know what I'm saying? And, and I think that that's just what it was in people's eyes. So a lot of people want to see comparisons and different things of that nature. But like Cray and me, man, we always been in the dirt together. Like if he couldn't stay at my house, then I wouldn't stay at the house. You know, if my dad, God rest his soul in heaven, said he can't stay here, then I ain't staying here. That's my nigga. And I'm Mm. kicked out too. 
You know what I'm saying? And we two kicked out motherfuckers, y'all. And, no, that's just real talk. Real talk. Really how life really, really was for us. And to this day, we always hold that true to us. Uh, just who the fuck we are. We just those kind of guys. And we've always been them kind of dudes. Like, we've never been any other way besides that. Cray and myself. You know what I'm saying? You know, Lay is... I love Lay, you know what I'm saying? I love Wish, I love Flesh. But Cray and myself mostly, we was the two guys that would just walk the streets. You know right. what I mean? Because we had nowhere to go or he didn't want to go home or he couldn't stay over at my house or whatever it was at that time, you know? And that's just real, 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 real talk. So, no, they never, we never had a, we never had anything remotely close to a competition as far as who is who. And I always would tell him, you know, you my motherfucking favorite rapper. Mm. You know what I'm saying? We used to, you know, we used to have to be amongst wolves. I'm the guy that carried the gun. And Cray, you know what I'm saying? Like, I told him, man, anybody said to us, my nigga, like, I'm going to kill these motherfuckers, bro. And nobody who fucked with us. I feel like they felt our energy. It was like every time we was ready to do something and we was heavily heated or strapped up, nobody dared to step to it. But every time we got caught without that gun, it was a gang of courageous motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? So it was it was felt, you feel me? So, yeah, me and Clay, we, we've been down by law for a long-ass time. We've been down and we're going to always remain down. We've been true to each other and family for, like, Ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Yeah. And then um, also y'all came up with the time where uh, it was the whole East Coast West Coast situation that was that was really popping off. But for some reason, Bone Thugs was able to go on in to New York and get money and fuck with niggas in New York. They can go to L.A. and get money and fuck with niggas in L.A. Do you think that was because of that energy that you speak of, or do you think it was just because we was from the Midwest and... Well, I think that energy, yeah, that energy left. That energy left once we made it with Easy e That was street energy. Once we made it in the industry, they loved us so much, and they gave us so much love that it just turned out where it's like, you know, if you're from L.A. or if you're from New York, you legitimately get the oppor- opportunity to beef. But if you're not from those sections or those regions, then you're open game. You know, you're, 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 you're freebie. So you're, you're allowed to record with, 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 with Tupac. You're allowed to record with Biggie. And that's kind of like where that went. And it definitely, it was, Absolutely no, uh, absolutely no friction, absolutely no, it was just no nonsense, you know, when it came to that, you know, especially in the industry, per se. And, yeah, my boys was tearing stuff up out there, though. Like, like, my boys is, like, if you ask anybody about Bone Thugs and Harmony, they'll tell you, man, all Bone did was beat ass. Like, hmm. all across America, man, they knew. Because we travel with 50, 60, we travel with 50, 60 people at a time. 
Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't just five dudes traveling around. We had the whole neighborhood with us. So saying all of that, there was an element of that around. But it okay. didn't. It didn't play. It didn't play a, a major role in what people were thinking. Or nobody was like super afraid of us or no nonsense like that. We weren't like super aggressive or no shit like that. So right. that never really played a significant role. Of uh, no, we were always very approachable. People, people, a people's group. Always signed autographs. Always showed love. We were never the, um, oh, you can't approach them. They're going to kick our butt. It was never that. Mm-hmm. But if you step, if you step, of course, there was an element of, holy fuck, we shouldn't have stepped to these guys. Right. But okay. I think that's with anybody. <laughs> Whether it's Wu-Tang or whoever it is, ain't nobody playing around. We all serious around this joint. And normally yeah. when you're not a troublemaker or you're, when you're not a bully, you usually win the fight in the mm. world that we walk in. If you're really just not a bully and someone picks a fight with you, you normally win. I feel that. Yeah, it yeah. Just, that just seems to always happen, you know? That's a fact. So um, I wanted to ask you, uh, you, you mentioned, uh, and I was actually about, about to get to that a little bit later, but you know, I might as well bring it up now. Y'all were, uh, I think, the only people who got a chance to record with both Pac and Biggie. Could you could you run down those uh, studio sessions? Like, you know what I'm saying? How were they? Well, I mean, well, the one with with Biggie, I was the first one on deck. You did, so I could run that on down. So it was great. It was something that I always remember. Um, which is great, man. There's absolutely nothing that could because they're they're both legends. And they're, they're both, like, people that will never, ever, ever, you know, get the opportunity to see again. And it was just, man, it was magical, brother. It was really, really magical. Both freaking studio sessions. Magical. I'll never forget it, brother. I'll never, ever, ever, ever forget it. And it was, you know, and both of them, you know, um, the first one with, with Biggie, super-duper magical. We, um... We went in there, we, we recorded the record, I dropped my verse, and Cray dropped his verse, and Lay dropped his verse, and it was simply magic. And mm-hmm. um, and the same thing with, with Pac. It was just me at the time, at the very first, and then everyone else got to drop their stuff later on. So that as well, super magical, man. Super cool. These guys were every bit of legend that you can imagine them to be. Nothing was disappointing. Everything was perfect, like super duper perfect. So, yeah, man, both sessions, both sessions were amazing, like amazing. Which which record do you think is better as a hip hop fan? Not um, I like them both. I like them both. I can't, I can't choose because when we do those records, we do all three: Tupac, Biggie, and Easy. 
we do all three records at the same time. So they're all like even. Everything's even Steven. It's it's like asking you gotta throw first of all, you've gotta throw the easy E song in there. You can't you can't say just between Tupac and Biggie because we do the Tupac, the Big and the Easy E record consecutively in a row. So when you when you say that you're kind of neglecting Easy and his impact on you know just the people that we service when we're out on the road. You know I think we do need to do a better job of protecting Easy's legacy. But the only reason why people think of those two records is because they're uh, you know they're they're uh, you know. Their their legacies are intertwined, so you always yeah because of the East West bullshit. Yeah, I totally hear you. It's because of that East West thing that went on, and that's totally good. You know, it's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, we can't forget E. You know, E played a major part in not just you know our lives, but in hip hop in general. I mean, this guy is the very very first one to start. Gangster rap. That's a fact. Everybody forgets he's the originator of gangster fucking rap. There was nobody else before him. There was nobody else doing gangster rap before Easy. Maybe the Ghetto Boys was around that same time. But worldwide, nationwide, Easy freaking E. So it's Easy and then it's Pac and Ben. So I, we hold, I, myself, I hold all three of those records all along the same line. Got to do it, man. Got to do it. Somebody's got to break the cycle. Yeah, dig, and I will be the one. I will be the one. <laughs> I, and that's, that, that's definitely understandable, man. But, you know, as me, as a as a personal fan, like, I, I feel like you left earth on that pop record, man. Like, you left earth on that motherfucker. So you know, what I'm oh, yeah. me, me personally, I, and like I've I listened to the Bone and Biggie record so much that like it's like it's, it's just ingrained in my head like every single word. But you know what I'm saying? It, it was something about that pop record that that was crazy. But you know what I'm saying? Um, my next thing I wanted to say around around that time is when y'all kind of started actually getting into some beats. You know what I'm saying? Like. Y'all had an issue with with the twister. Like, what what was the what was the you know the start of that? I think there was people around, um, people needing some beef, people needing some, you know, some drama after Pac and Biggie passed away. You know, um, like now they call it clickbait. They call it the, uh, social media. But before all of that. It was always the energy around that motherfuckers would try to start shit and see if they could get shit popping. Media has always been about, hey, let's see if we can start some shit. Media has always been about that. Like, media has always been about that, and it'll always be about that. And I think it was just the cycle of that. You know what I mean? Oh, they're rapping like you guys, or this, 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 or that, 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 that. And, you know, eventually we learned. We learned it was nonsense. We learned it was foolishness. And we learned it was something to take people of color off their hustle. 
and mm-hmm. then we started touring with them guys. And we started making money with Crucial Conflict, Do or Die, Twister, and we learned not to fall for their stupid-ass ploys and get money. And mm-hmm. that's kind of where we that's kind of where we met they met their match to be honest with you mm. okay I, and I, I, we went from there i feel that i feel like in hip-hop it, it's an unfair thing because i i just know in my hood it was like it, it was, it's always an either or type of thing with our artists like you know what i'm saying if you like bone thugs you couldn't like crucial conflict if you like bone you couldn't like twisted and I'm I'm glad that it, it seems like we're getting past that, or, or at least this new newer generation of people are getting past that. And I think that's really dope because it's, it's it's a stupid mentality to have, actually. Yeah, I think yeah. that that's the same way. I think I think I think that that's how I go. I think you're exactly right. And I can't really I can't really uh, say anything other than you're 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 probably excuse me, ma'am. I'm so sorry. I think that you're probably exactly right about that. Like, that's, it's nonsense, of course, because you should be able to like everybody. Right. And you should be able to relate with everyone. You should never, ever, ever have to choose what kind of freaking music that you enjoy. That's a fact. Yeah, you should never have to choose that. It's like, but, you know, as we get a little older, we understand that, you know, some things are put in front of us in order for us to conquer and, and defeat and blah, 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 blah. So I think we're all learning at the same time how to win and not lose. So. Um, um, okay, so around this time, and, and even throughout hip-hop, if you take a look at hip-hop, you know, there's certain regions that have that that have run, but it seems like the Midwest always had an artist that would slip through the cracks and not only slip through the cracks but dominate. You know what I'm saying? Whether it was y'all that was dominating at a point in time, whether it was Eminem that came through and dominated in the course of time, whether it was uh, Kanye, I could go on and on. But do you, for for all of the things that the Midwest has contributed to hip hop, do you feel like we get the respect that we deserve in terms of being from the Midwest? Yeah, I do. I just think that when we look for it, it's not there. But when mm-hmm. we when we just accept it within ourselves, we see it around us. But if you look for it, you'll never find it. But it's there. Trust me, it's there. It's there. You just got to, you know, know that it's the entire Midwest, not just Ohio. It's Chicago. It, it, it's St. Louis. It's Nellie. You know, mm. it's, it's it's all of us, all encompassed in the one. It's all of us. So that's what I think the problem is. People are just looking towards certain groups instead of the entire Midwest as a unit. That, that that makes sense. I, I also think a, a, a thing that plays a role in that is that we we come in and have huge artists, but it was it's, it's not at one time. Like if you take a look at the East Coast, they had the Wu Tang, they had Bad Boy, they had all of these groups go, doing their thing at one particular time. But then you know you go on the West Coast, you had 
uh, Hughes, you had uh, Ruthless, you had Death Row, and they was all doing their thing at the same time. But if you take a look at, like, you get Nelly, and then, you know what I'm saying, years before that, you got Bone, and then, you know what I'm saying, like, you got Eminem come after. Like, it, you know what I'm saying? So it, it was never at one particular time where the media was really, really dominating. It's just that we slip through the cracks and do us. You know what I'm saying? So I think that plays Of a course. I agree 100%. So, um, there was always, even from the first joint, there was always an air of spirituality in 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 y'all music, and I think that's part of the thing that separated y'all from everybody else. Like, what where did that come from? You know, it comes from mom. It comes from grandma. It comes from, you know, our spirituality. It comes from our Christianity. You know, it comes from Motown. It comes from those kind of things, you know, like we're we're Motown babies. Uh, mm. We're Temptations, uh, Detroit, whole nine, man. It comes from that for sure, for sure, for sure. Like, okay. yeah, that's just where it comes from. So, and it and it stuck with us, you know, church and different things of that nature, and it just made us who we are. I feel like. So, so we uh, put it in our music, basically. And 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 y'all and y'all gave it a twist because y'all y'all was spiritual, but at the same time it was that energy that y'all was still from the street and still would put hands on you if you violate. You know what I'm saying? And I think that that balance had never been seen before, especially in rap. Right, right, right. Me and my boys, we street guys. You know, we went from street pharmacists you know, to superstardom and musicians. Like I met, like I, I was introduced to the group because I was, like I was, like I had my own dope house at 14 years old. Wow. And I was introduced to Lazy through that because, you know, through the channels and through the whatever, you know, I was introduced to him in that way. So we was always street guys, young though, but very, very young street guys. I'm not talking about 19, 20, uh, you know, 30 years old selling dope and then becoming rappers. I'm talking about 14 years old being a drug dealer and then going to L.A. at 15, 16 years old to meet Easy e to meet Easy e at 16 years old. I'm talking about kid kids. I didn't realize y'all so were that young. Oh, my God. We were very young, brother. We were just babies, man. Like, straight up baby babies. You know what I'm saying? Like, serious, serious, just children. And, you know, we grew from that point. So we were always street guys. And that's what kept us. It kept us grounded beyond the spirituality. So it wasn't just about us being spiritual and remembering church a year or two beforehand, but that's what kept us where we were. It made us who the hell we were, brother. It did. I remember the first article I read on y'all, and y'all was talking about the Bible and how important that was to y'all, and I I just had never seen anything like that. And You know what I'm saying? And it's crazy because years later – people 
you know, accused y'all of being devil worshippers. Like, how did you know? How did how did you feel about that? You know, to know what. I mean, well, you know, we bought the we bought the Ouija board from fucking Toys R Us. Mm. So you know, I always told my boys when they said that I said, "Shit, it's a fucking Parker Brothers game. How they gonna stick that on us and not Parker Brothers?" So I was mm. always on about the system. I was always smarter than that. Like I'm smarter than that. Like we didn't get that shit from no witchcraft shop. We got that shit from the same place they sell fucking monopoly boards and care bears. <laughs> so if this is the case then everybody going down. I'm on some Nino Brown shit. <laughs> I got a list of names, motherfucker. Everybody going down. This is bigger than Nino Brown. This is bigger than Bone Thugs and Harmony, bitch. <laughs> but, you know, I just always looked at things in that in that nature. But, yeah, we heard about it. Like, I even had a baby mom of mine who was super-duper jealous that I made something of myself that wanted to use that as, you know, because she would question God, why would you bless him like this? Wow. And the way she made it, oh, yes, oh, yes. There's a lot of shitty cousins out there since before shitty cuz killed Nip. There's a lot mm. of shitty cousins out there. Boy. And they, they, yeah, they live here, man. That was a human. They live here, man. You know what I'm saying? They dwell here. So... Mm. When that shit came to be and people were saying that, you know, it was being said by those that was really, really upset that we was having it our way, like Burger King. You feel me? So that's how I looked at it. We having it our way and motherfuckers is super mad about that shit. So they looking for any way or any excuse to say this is why and try to knock a motherfucker and say that we not blessed by God to say that the devil somehow had something to do with it. EZ persuaded our goddamn asses to put that song on there any fucking way. But, mm. you know, at any rate, you know, it's just big business, man. You know, just like how I looked at Ruthless Records, let's go ahead and put the backwards thing on there. Let's go ahead and put the little sub-messages, put the thing in the mirror. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully they'll get cursed. You know what I'm saying? I might have AIDS any motherfucking way. This is what Tamika probably thinking. So let's go ahead and throw a little devil on it just so I can get this money and shut them down. But God got a different plan. When you're talented, you fucking talented. Devil ain't teaching me how to rap. Mm. And that's I feel that. I feel that. It, and it was, it was crazy because uh, to, to piggyback off of that, I think y'all was the first uh, the, the first artist that I ever heard when they started talking that Illuminati talk. Y'all was like the first ones that that they attached to that, you know. And and, and do you think it was because of the symbolism? No, I think it's because you know people always want something to talk about, and it really doesn't matter. It's just like they talk more about that, about us, than they did about the, this Triple Six Mafia. The Triple Six Mafia came right out and said they had the Market of Beast, and that was the name of their crew. But they wouldn't let Bone go. 
Mm. They refuse. They refuse to say them guys were devil worshippers, even though they were claiming the mark of the beast. That's the name of their Muhammad. Yes, the oracles here. That was the name of their entire group. Was the triple six mafia, but for some odd reason, it was Bone that was doing it, and that's when I knew this is this is jealousy. You know what I'm saying? How do you have the actual ones that are worshiping the devil put that out there and then they surpass that? Oh, yeah, we hear that you guys are, are, are the six, the, the, the three six mafia, but bone, what's going on with that Ouija board song? Dude, they're the triple six mafia. Quit fucking asking us about that. Talk to them about it. And immediately, no, 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 we're good. We're good. They're just playing. We still want to know what's going on with you guys. And it was just, you know, after that, it was just, I knew it was just a certain sense of just hatred. You know what I'm saying? And I just quit paying attention to it. That's when I just was like, man, fuck y'all. You know what I'm saying? If y'all see this out like this and y'all see these boys is claiming the sixes, they got it written all on their fucking foreheads and shit, and you still asking Bone about the Ouija board song, fuck y'all, dog. And that's how I looked at it. I think that also is because at that time they they never had anywhere close to the success that y'all had. And so because y'all were the biggest, of of course it's a bigger story when y'all do it <clears throat> as opposed to when they do it. They could slip right under the radar because Bone is- They wasn't under the radar. Them dudes was making noise. Them dudes just want to, they want a Grammy. It's kind of hard out here for a pimp. When you're trying to get that money for your rent. They said, and the winner of the Academy Award for Best Song in a Movie, Triple Six Mafia. But but that was that wasn't that that was later. A lot later than than, than when y'all Yeah, but they still but but they still had to say it though. That was in two thousand and six, two thousand and seven. It's two thousand and nineteen. We still right. buzzing now. So that was like 11, 12, 13 years ago. That was still right. around that time. Bone been buzzing for a long time. We still packing stadiums. People still asking about the same things that you asking about, my love. So it's still that same exact thing. And the fucking Triple Six Mafia won an Academy Award, brother. And they're still asking us about the Ouija song. So that's when I found out it was just, okay, something ain't right with that big broski. That's when I felt it. I was just like, okay, something isn't freaking right, yo. I feel that. Um, so I want to, I, I also want to talk about mental health because at one point in time, I remember I was, I, I was looking at uh, YouTube and I saw a video uh, that you, you know, around the time where uh, Bone had got with Swiss Beats, and you know, they people were asking why you wasn't a part of that situation, and you, you know, you basically in so many words said that everything ain't right with you. Uh, so if you know, if, if, if you if you were still conflicted, then you didn't want to be a part of your brothers until you figured out what was going on with you. And fast forward 
about roughly 10 years later, maybe 15, mental health is the biggest, uh, you know, is, is one of the biggest talks. You know what I'm saying? How do, how do, how do you uh, feel about that? Do you feel like people gave you the or, or helped you to get the, the help that you may have been calling for at that time? Well, I mean, I look at it like this. You know, at that point and then at that time, my brother had gotten murdered and everybody was blaming me for the murder. And like from the police in the city to everybody was like, you had something to do with your brother's murder. And it, it just messed me up. You know what I'm saying? He was like my ace, my homeboy. And somebody came in there and murdered him. So it, it messed me up for a while. And beforehand, everybody tried to make it like it was something mentally going on with me. But I was going against Ruthless Records because I wanted to own our masters. And my boys was telling me, just play along. Play along to get along. We're having things our way. Stop asking for our masters. Stop trying to be free of the company. We like being a part of this company. And I was like, we're getting fucked, you know? And I stepped away then. And then I was made to look like I was on drugs, this, or I was on this, and da 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 When that's, like, completely away from the truth. And, you know, eventually everything will come to light you know how that went. But what the, the time that you're talking about, that was just because my brother had died and I needed to work some things out in my mind. Basically, I needed to find out who murdered him. Right. And I needed to find out if my life was in danger and if the people's lives around me were in danger. Because I'm not okay. going to be on the road and somebody's trying to kill me. I didn't know if it had something to do with me. I didn't know if they went in there to try to kill me and they killed him instead. Okay. Like, I didn't know what was going on. So I couldn't really say anything about it. So I had to speak in in a roundabout way. But that was really what was going on. But mental health is definitely very important. Mental health is something that's big, you know. Um, You know, my nephews, you know, they put my nephews on Ritalin and, they're paying the price now because of it and medication and different things of that nature. And mental health is one of the biggest things in this world right now. I was kind of built strong. You know, I'm a foster kid. I was kidnapped back in the days, you know, to, uh, three, four. Six. Hold on one second, brother. What? Yes, 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 yes. So three, four, uh, three, four years old. I was kidnapped for like two years, been in foster homes all my life. So I was just built a little stronger than the whole mental health issue thing. So... Anyway, but it is a big, 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 big issue. But that's a major misconception about me. I ain't never, ever had no mental health issues, ever. See, and I feel like going back and looking through our child history, I feel like they marketed it crazy. Like they marketed it for you to, to, to be crazy, and people fed into it. You know what I'm saying? The first, the first video uh, the, you know, you got the boxing glove on, and you know what I'm saying. You do you, you, when you when you rapping your verses, you're doing things with your eyes, and you know what I'm saying. Like I feel like, it, you know, that was a part of the marketing. And, and, and no, let's uh, just keep it. Let me keep it a hundred with you. There was a vid. There was a video thing like BET where Joe Claire was out in Cleveland, and all my homeboys were telling him Busy Bone was dead. 
I'm where it came from. I'm sorry. I didn't Look up. That's all good. Look up Joe Claire and Bone Thugs and Harmony interview in Cleveland. And they said that Busy Bone was dead. And they made that whole thing up. And every time I didn't show up to shows because we either weren't getting paid or I didn't agree with, with, the, with the company, they tried to say that I was on drugs or they tried to say that I was dead. So they created that because being the youngest member with the lightest voice, people were like, where's Busy? Where's Busy? Where's Busy? Where's Busy? And they started to despise being asked that question, so they started making those things up. Wow. Why? Oh, my gosh, man. Yeah, that's, that, that's real talk. Real talk. And, Yo, we used you know, to... they, they enjoyed that. That's all good. They enjoyed that because social media didn't exist at the time, and they could get passed with that. And they kept getting passed with it. And now that I'm doing my, like, I got my Jam TV going on, and I got my, you know, my, my Mr. McCain uh, uh, Instagram and I Am Busy Bone Facebook, people are like, B, you're the most sane one. Take a you turn here, sir. You're the most sane one. Yeah, man, I'm a family, man. I've been a father from Jump Street. I had kids back when I was arguing back in 1993. I had three kids. This is it, sir. I had three kids already. I've always been a father. I've always been responsible. Yeah, I'm young, and I'm going to flip my eyes in the back of my head and, you know, do my thing and, you know, be crazy and wild and stuff. And that just goes along with being a youngster. But... The real talk, what I'm telling you, is real talk. Damn. And the crazy thing, I was going, I actually was going to ask you about about those rumors, but I didn't know if you had heard those rumors. I didn't know because we, you know. Brother, they they put those rumors out. It's right right there on TV. They put those rumors out. My own niggas put those rumors out. They they told Joe Claire from BET that I was dead. You know what I'm saying? Like, because, well, for whatever reason. And then Ruthless Records, because I wasn't agreeing with it, was telling all the people and in, in promoters and the shows and all of those things, she was on drugs. She was doing this. No the fuck I wasn't. Yeah, I drink. I'm young. Yeah, I smoke weed. I'm young. But I ain't never done nothing else. I ain't never done no cocaine. I ain't never done no crack. I ain't never done no heroin. I ain't never done no dumbass shit like that. I've been a daddy my whole fucking life, man. I got fucking grandchildren, man. I was a father. That's why I said I was a father before I became a man. Society won't comprehend. You know what I'm saying? That's when people found out I was kidnapped and, by, uh, and found by uh, Adam, uh, John Walsh from America's Most Wanted. That's when people started hearing my story. And people started being like, oh, shit. This is deeper than what the fuck we thought. And then my people was just like, my own niggas was like, you lying until I showed them the receipts. They was like, my, my own niggas was thinking like I was, hey, son, my own people was acting like I was like lying in order to sell records or some shit like that until I showed them receipts. And then I had that interview with America's Most Wanted and so on and so forth. So I've, I've always had to come up against from, from off the wall, from my back up against the wall you know, fighting like a motherfucker just to be an artist. You know what I'm saying? Just to be who I'm is and, and and be what level I'm on. So 
trust and believe, man, this interview was necessary and it was needed. They they put that rumor out there. They they put that shit out there. I didn't put that shit out there. I got a lot of love for my people, but I'm grown. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I'm going to keep it a buck 50, man. They said that shit. They told the world that I was dead. Tamika and them told the world that I was fucking on drugs and shit like that. And then from that point on, they would have just of, of assumed mental health issues, drugs. No, fuck it wasn't. My little brother died, and, and it was motherfuckers out trying to kill me because they thought I was trying to kill them in vengeance of my brother. And the fact of the matter is, I don't even know who the fuck did it. Mm. And that's okay. facts. <laughs> that's just facts. <laughs> so... Anyway, yeah, man, that's that's really what the fuck happened. And, you know, the motherfuckers up at Ruthless Records, they was just mad because I kept saying, we want our masters after a certain amount of years. Like, y'all should only have our masters for five, six, seven years, and then it should revert back to us. But I was talking by myself. My own niggas, they kept re-signing with these motherfuckers and re-signing and re-signing and re-signing. I'm like, quit fucking signing with these fucking people. But, you know, I wound up suing Ruthless Records, and I own my own shit now. And, you know, I signed Ruthless Records, I got my own solo rights, and I quit trying to persuade my boys, and I just started taking care of my own business because I signed with Ruthless Records when I was 17 years old. So I went on ahead and took them to court, and, you know, Tamika and I have the greatest fucking relationship right now. We can sit at the table, look eye to eye, and she'll tell everybody, you're the smartest one out of that group. Hmm. So the fact that everybody gravitated to you the way that they gravitated to you, was that part of the reason why you, uh, why the group kind of disbanded for a while and you decided to go solo? Well, my whole thing was after I sued Ruthless Records, it was always you know, favoritism towards my boys. Like Tamika and Ruthless Records, she'll buy, she buy all of them brand-new drop-top 6'4 hydraulic cars. But since Busy had his, since Busy sued them and had his own arrangement, it would only be three fresh new Lolos. Busy wouldn't get a Lolo. Busy wasn't given a gift. And so she was trying to wave her ass or Ruthless was trying to wave their ass in Busy's face. You know what I'm saying? Like, because Busy wasn't going with the label or the company. So the, the dissension came in from the label treating them different. Like, you know, she, uh, the Ruthless would have a deal with them on the, about tours to where nobody would be getting no goddamn money. So niggas would be on tour and not getting no money. But niggas would be taken care of. Like your housing was taken care of, your cars were taken care of, this, this, this. I'm like, fuck that. I got kids. Where's the money? How much are we making per show? Um, so we'll talk to you about it later. All right, fuck you. I'm not showing up. How much are we making per show, bitch? <laughs> What's the number, bitch? Um, well, bitch, you know the number that we're making per show. Is it 50 grand? Is it 60? Is it 70? Is it a fucking hundred? How much money are we making per show, bitch? Nobody could talk to BB. Nobody wanted to say anything to BB. So BB said, you know what? I'm leaving. And I'm not going to be working if I don't know what the fuck I'm working for. 
Oh, you're young. You shouldn't have to worry about that. Bitch, I got three kids. I ain't even 18 yet, but I got three kids. I'm going to worry about it. And that's really what the fuck was going on. And then as I would speak in this light, they would throw this energy at motherfuckers to say, he's too young to even be this on it. He's just a troublemaker. He should be happy that he made it. Wait a minute, bitch. Easy e died. You should be happy that you're here. He's the nigga that put us on. Right. You got this shit from default. Why the fuck should I be happy that I'm talented, bitch? Death Row was <laughs> killing Rufus Records. Killing them. When we stepped in that shit, Death Row was like, oh, them niggas can rap. <laughs> oh, them niggas is dope. When we stepped in that motherfucker shit, besides that, nigga Rufus wasn't looking good. It was fucking easy up. God rest his soul in heaven. But Snoop, Dre, Shug, and the rest of them, they was fucking that nigga up. Until Bone came in, and we started putting up numbers. But I'm supposed to be, like, I'm supposed to think that we're lucky? No, man, y'all lucky, bruh. So I was always on that level to where I understood the whole game. And then it got to the point to where, hell, when your niggas is telling you, because, you know, they're young niggas too. They're highly impressionable. You know, if we young and we youth and we youngsters and niggas is highly impressionable, that's when, you know, you just step away. You know what I'm saying? Like if you owe $600,000 and your homeboy give you a check for sixty grand and say, man, you remember when we didn't have anything? Dude, we're owed $600,000, dude. This is a $60,000 check. Where the fuck is the other zero? Man, you remember when we ain't had nothing on the block? You know what? Keep this money. I'm gone. I already know where you're going with it, bro. Call me when you get your shit together. And I'm leaving. I don't even want to hear that shit. You ain't finna put that shit in the pit of my stomach, brother. I have no time for that. And I got three, four kids. Oh, nigga, I'm good. And, you know, back in the days, you had to keep that code. You couldn't really speak like that because you want everybody to be like your niggas is solid. You want to make sure that you don't want nobody to know you get robbed or you're not happy, super happy, and that's why I came out with that song. We keeping the lights on it ruthless, and I ain't fucking the boss. Looking at me sexy, take your clothes off, but my dick will go soft. Never mix business with your sickness, and then he see me flipping in the picnic with your little divide and conquer, but my sister was ready to buy her. Get off my dick and up off my voice. Me and my boys, give us a choice. How could you ever tell Sony that I was the only one making noise? Ain't it a breach of trust? Look in the gutter. So I, I kept it a hundred. I spit that shit like I meant it. So I've been telling motherfuckers from Jump Street, I ain't bit my motherfucking tongue, not once. So, you know. I mean, and that's just the real, you know what I'm saying? The real shit of what happened. And, you know, that's why it's so crazy that these Migo niggas are saying what they're saying. They don't know who they fucking with. Like, nigga, I'm not playing. Okay. I was, get, I was getting to like, that. Like, I'm not but... playing. I got issues, man. I got issues, man. And I don't, I don't bite my tongue. Y'all be fucking with the wrong niggas. Like, for real, for real. I'm coming at y'all motherfuckers about this. Kiss your feet. And then you want my, and then you gonna fuck my niggas, bitch. 
Oh man, I'm I'm finished. Man, 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 look here, man. So what? No, what did that? What did that stem from? Man, I don't even fucking know. Like all I heard was my my homeboy called me because you know Lele was going off, and you know I just gave little Lele some room. You know what I'm saying? Lele was going off on him, talking about y'all niggas, y'all niggas talk too much, y'all niggas this, y'all niggas that. I'm like, hell yeah, Lele, go ahead, do your thing. I'm just going to step to the side and just let Lele do his goddamn thistle. You know, he on his ones and twos. I'm like, okay. So Lele on him. Then dude said, y'all niggas ain't got no M's. I bet y'all niggas ain't got no M's. I do. But he was talking to Lele. Right. And then 21 Savage came out and said, I'll fuck your wife or I'll fuck your bitch. And then that's when I said, oh, wait a minute. You don't talk to that man like that. And then after that, that's when I stood up and I was just like, okay, cool. You know, this is what it is. So that's when I stood up and I just, and then it just, all of it manifested. And it turned in for me taking up for the legends in music that didn't want to say nothing to the, to the new generation. Not Kendrick Lamar, not Nipsey Hussle, not J. Cole but the auto-tune generation who really ain't lyrical or lyricists because, you know, the older generation that don't have no money. I got money. I can talk. Who the fuck y'all talking to? <laughs> I feel that. So, I mean, okay, because from my – the way that I, I saw it as a, as a fan, you know, uh, I, I feel like a lot of those young guys are, do, are saying – not okay. Not in a disrespectful way. That's where the part. That's that's where it goes wrong. But you have to think that when somebody, when when you got a whole generation of people who don't respect what it is that you do, oh, them niggas ain't shit. Them niggas mumble rap. They this. They can't rap. They that. They killing hip hop. All this type of stuff. At some point, as a man, you gonna be like, you know what? If this fuck me, then fuck y'all. You know what I'm saying? And I think that. That's what we're seeing with niggas like Migos and because they get discredited all the time. Yadis, all those guys, you know, and it may not be our cup of tea, but I can see the moves that they're making that was better than the generation before. These these kids and, I, and, I, and I feel that. And I feel that. And I feel that. And that's cool. But when you say that to me and mine, oh, nigga, I'm finna, I'm finna come see y'all. With all this money I got, with all these these eight figures and these M's that I got, all this land I got, this 26-year career that I got, these masters I own, and so on and so forth. I'm finna come see y'all. Who you talking to? Because my <laughs> nigga said, we better than y'all. You said, uh, y'all ain't got no M's. Nigga, yes, I do. Oh, I'm gonna fuck y'all, bitch. Please, nigga, come try. You can take some of these little baby mamas that I got, and they'll put a little, <laughs> they'll put a little Drano in that lean you drinking, bitch. Ain't nobody playing with you. <laughs> I got ghetto bitches. My baby mamas is ghetto bitches. We'll fuck you up around here, man. Nobody playing around around this motherfucker, man. You know, that's how I get there. You know, so I understand where they're coming from, but address the issue. You understand? address the fucking issue. You, tr you know, them trying to say the legend should be kissing their feet. 
Who are you talking about? Everybody? You won't say my name because if you do, my nigga, I'm coming at you like I'm coming at you at you. Like I'm coming at you. You dig? I'm saying names. You're not going to fuck my homie's wife. Nigga, we do got millions. What? That's it. That's it. Nothing else. I ain't got no answers. And then after that, that's when dude said the legends need to be kissing our feet. Ain't nobody say shit. I just was looking at it like, well, I've already addressed the issue. I'm already full steam ahead right now. So you can't be talking about me because I'm standing up for my motherfucking self and I'm standing up for my brand. And that's just, I mean, shit, man. He said that after I came out with, with, with um, carbon monoxide. He was like, what do you got to say? They said, um, the guy asked him, he said, what do you got to say about the legends that feel as though you need to pay homage? He was like, y'all need to be paying homage. They need to be paying homage to us. They should be kissing our feet because we're the ones that got rap as the number one music in the world. Man, rap been number one since the 90s, bro. What are you talking about? Rap has been rap has been the number one music since the nineties. That shit didn't just happen in two thousand and seventeen where rap just edged out rock and roll and edged out country music and edged out R and B. Rap been number one for like ten plus years now. Hmm. So you know, facts is one thing, but just talking out the side of your fucking neck, bro. You're talking off the side of your fucking neck, and you're talking to somebody that's not afraid of you at all. Your energy has nothing on mine, like absolutely nothing. Your energy is weak compared to my energy. You cannot defeat that as far as that goes. And then truth on top of that, what are you talking about? Since the 90s, yo, it has been, hip-hop has been number one all over the world all over the world. So, you know, he's just, you know, they're talking themselves into a, a a ditch. And everybody's like, B, what the hell is he talking about? I'm like, man, I don't know. I'm just putting out new music now. I'm on a mission to just continuously keep on putting out great music and answering questions about, you know, what what's going on with me and where I'm at and different things of that nature. That's just, you know, where I'm at. I have a story. I have an issue. I ain't, oh, you know, I was struggling and I was, uh, Somehow came up off of Tupac and Biggie. No, I was, I did songs with Tupac and Biggie. I didn't wear their t-shirts. I knew them. I was there mm-hmm. when they were alive. I was there when they died. And I've been here. I knew Easy. I was there when he was alive. And I was there when he died. I was coherent during 9-11, before social media. And I'm going to bring that stuff right back to social media like it should be. So that's why I'm doing videos in a social media-esque kind of a light and just bringing it back, you know. I'm, yeah, I was kidnapped and found by John Walsh from America's Most Wanted. Um, I did Oprah Winfrey's show. I did the Maury show. I do the Make-A-Wish Foundation show. That's what I am. That's what I'm doing. So that's just what I've been doing. That's been my promotional campaign, and this is my promotional grind, and it's big shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> And I'm just mashing and mobbing on the shit while my boys is out there. Well, you know, we do 175 shows every single year, Bone Thugs and Harmony. 
And while I'm promoting my 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 uh, carbon monoxide record and 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 singles and things, they're still on the road promoting Bone Thugs and Harmony, aka promoting me. We ain't broke up. It's just how we do our shit. Whoever comes out with the with the project, go ahead and be free. We're gonna hold down the hits. I still get mechanicals. I still get artist royalties. I still get points and percentages. Whether I'm there or not, it's because I do good business. And that's just the way I'm so. I'm not gonna lie to you, man. I'm sitting up here smiling from ear to ear because it's so many rappers and 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 singers that I love that died broke after all the work that they put in. You know what I'm saying? So I I've thought me it. being a mm. real diehard fan of Bone Thugs, I got a smile on my face right now because y'all still getting y'all money. You know what I'm saying? I think that's so dope. Gotcha. And, and, Let me and, tell um, you. I feel you. So do, do you, do you, uh, how, how's the streaming world treating y'all? Well, it was something that we had to wrestle down. We had to get past the culture vultures. We had to get past those that knew about monetization when we didn't know about monetization that were taking advantage of it. And some things, you know, we're still in, you know, uh, we still getting attorneys for to turn this over, to turn that over. You know, it's people that right now, (laughs) they're trying to get money for records that we own. There was Mm -hmm. nothing put in the contract about monetization, but now we got these big labels saying that they own portions of Crossroads, that they own portions of uh, For the Love of Money, that they own portions of First of the Month. Dude, monetization just now happened. That was never covered in any contract, even though we've been independent for years and years and years and years. There's absolutely no basis, and these big major companies are really faking like, Oh, no, that falls up under the contractual obligation of what, bro? No, it doesn't. It's brand spanking fucking new. So culture vultures still exist on a big corporation level, and they're faking like they're retarded, like they don't understand that, and they're trying to claim ownership over something that they don't own. That's name, image, likeness, as well as performance. That's just like us putting out a performance video of us being on stage and somebody coming in and saying, we own that. How? Mm-hmm. How do you own our live performances? Or how do you own our performances in any way, shape, or form? That's not HBO. You don't have a deal with fucking YouTube. That's not, it's not a television show that you have a deal with. And they're, so we're still dealing with that. It's there. <laughs> It's just it, just culture vultures, you know, um, people that come in and try to take from an artist. And it just it just happens, man. It just fucking happens. It's just like me going out and buying KanyeWest.com because Kanye West didn't think to patent it or, 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 or buy it or purchase it. And then he goes and he tries to, you know, .com his name, and then all of a sudden he finds out that I own it. And I'm like, well, I'll sell you your name for certain. You know that's legal. Yeah, yeah. That I could purchase WhitneyHouston.com. I don't even know Whitney Houston, dude. That I could purchase NewEdition.com because no one purchased it yet. And people literally sit around and do that all day. They purchase every famous name that they can possibly purchase and then try to get money for it and extort artists for it. 
So, hey, that's just the way that social media. So that that's what that is, and that's and it's it's getting better, but that's what it is. So getting a handle on that is getting a handle on the rules and what people are allowed to do. Like you know, personally, you should never be able to patent someone's name, image, and likeness. I am Busy Bone. Nobody should own BusyBone.com. Nobody. Right. At all. And the only people that should own Bone Thugs and Harmony.com is the four members that are in Bone Thugs and Harmony. Uh, and that's that's and that's the new that's that's the new shit. So the young guys and the you know, the auto tune sellers, they don't fall up under that, but there are times to where they might feel as though that they do and they might feel the pressure of the new system, shall we say. But that shit don't have nothing to do with them. That ain't got nothing to do with them. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely nothing. It just doesn't have anything to do with those guys. You know, nobody's mad at them guys for that, you know. So it's just all about the energy and what the hell's going on. But that's the new day and age that we're in. And it's slowly getting better. You just got to fight the good fight. You can't, you know, the pen is mightier than the sword. That is so true. That is very true. Uh, so so do you, uh, is, has there been any resolve to that Migos issue? Or, like, where are y'all at now? I mean, me, I've already put my project is done. Everything is done. Everything is said and done. I've stated my point, you know. At this point, you know, they're making a ass out of themselves, you know. Last thing that was said was older artists need to kiss our feet. I'm, I, I, I haven't really said too much of anything else. I got my music out. I said what I said, and I'm going to keep it pushing. You know what I'm I saying? You, um, I saw you on IG with that big-ass elephant gun. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And I really, I didn't even say no names. Like, people were just clickbaiting, like, oh, Busy Bone pulls out a gun on, on the Migos in 21 seconds. Dude, I'm on fucking IG. How the fuck am I pulling out a fucking gun on someone? I'm just yeah. a little buzzed. I got a house full of fucking artillery. And, you know, I'm talking shit. Right. <laughs> so, um, but how the fuck, I ain't directing that shit to nobody. That shit was not, dude, I looked at the whole thing. That shit is not, was not directed at any motherfucker. At all. Absolutely. Go ahead, I'm listening. What what artists do you listen to today? Man, I listen to everybody. Whatever come across on the radio when I'm shopping in the stores, whatever they got playing, whether it's Twenty One Savage or the Migos or J Cole or Kendrick or you know it's nothing but Nipsey on on the radio now. So, you know, just listening to everything that's popping and you know doing me and and, and constantly staying in the studio and the artists that I work with and just keeping a positive attitude and. That's just everybody. Anybody that's 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 making music, I'm I'm fucking with them. I like that new Iggy, um, I like that new Iggy uh, Azalea song that she made for that um, one chick. Um, uh, gone girl, do your thing. I love that shit. That shit is fucking wild. That is homegirl got some style. That's that's as good as that song Fancy that she did. So I'm really feeling that one right there for sure, for sure. It's cool to hear somebody actually uh, stand up for uh, for Iggy. She got a bad rap when she came out. She ain't doing nothing nobody else was doing. No, 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 no. That shit, that song is dope. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna front. Her ass is talented than a motherfucker. That song is fucking sick with it. Real for real. 
So, um, did you did you uh have any like did, did you ever get a chance to meet Nipsey Hussle before he uh you know passed away? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. My buddy, um, my buddy, uh, Lobel. He um he used to work with Nip. Um, he used to work with Big U and Nip and all the rest of them. So yeah. You know, I, I took some pictures with him, and, you know, I just didn't want to post any pictures because I seen everybody else posting pictures and shit, and I wanted to remember him in my own way, you know, so I just decided to take a moment of silence for the day and throw myself at IG jail and just, mm-hmm. just to commemorate him. I took, like, 10, 15, 20, 20 seconds, no pictures, no music, no promotion, no, none of that. And posting nothing about the project and just take some time out to just show my fucking respects. And that was just, but yeah, I knew the dude and you know what I'm saying? It's, you know, that's the new metaphor that I use for hating ass motherfuckers. Shitty cuz ass type motherfuckers. They be in your own fucking camp. You know what I'm saying? It, you know the haters, but everybody just shrug them off. You know what I'm saying? Motherfuckers hating on you and they laugh it off and think that shit funny. No, the fuck is not funny. Them the same motherfuckers that will kill you, bro. Especially if they ain't getting money like you. Man, that dude, man, he killed, man, he killed old Nip because he knew how many people it would hurt. He knew it, man. He knew exactly what he was doing, man. He didn't just want to kill Nip. He wanted to kill those NBA players that he knew. He wanted to kill the movement. Everything, man. He wanted to kill the whole thing, man. Like the whole fucking thing. And that shit exists mostly inside your own fucking crew, man. So I, I, I keep to myself the best that I can. Wherever the fuck I go, I make sure I got me some iron on me. I don't trust no goddamn body, man. For real, for real. Just cannot trust nobody. I got little storefronts and little shit like that, but I ain't finna be out there. For real, for real. I'm good. I'm opening up a little chicken joint and all kind of cool stuff I got going on. My ass ain't finna be there. For real, for real. Because I already know what the fuck that means, man. It's just motherfuckers got so much hate. So much hate in they motherfucking work. But yeah, I knew him and shit. He was a dope ass dude, man. Dude had heart. He was a man of the streets. He was a philanthropist. He was a father. He was a damn good fucking boss. And just a good person in general, man. A good fucking person, y'all. Yeah, and I I think that's the the reason why uh, people are are responding the way that they are because it was a certain uh, genuineness that came off. And it's like... You know, it's people who are mourning Nipsey Hussle that don't even listen to rap because you can check out an interview and you can fall in love with the with the with the with the integrity of the man based off the interviews, the way he talked, but how respectful he was to everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like that, you don't find that every day because you got you got certain people who saying disrespectful stuff the same way, you know what I'm saying, Nico's with the kiss your feet comment, I couldn't imagine a man of Nipsey Hussle's caliber saying something like that. You know what I'm saying? And and I think that's the thing Already. that makes everybody gravitate to it. Already, man. You know you have police officers crying about this shit. 
Um, and I don't know if you've seen, but after his after his funeral or after his viewing, um, man, all the gangs they got together and they all walked to his store, Bloods and Crips alike. It was fucking amazing, yo. It was a fucking amazing. You know what I'm saying? And and, and you know, um, that's what I'm man. Any troll that get on my fucking page, um, any fucking troll that try to you know, get on my IG page and yap, yap, yap. I'm like, I'm good, shitty, cuz. Get off my motherfucking line, shitty, cuz. you the same motherfucker that, that, you know what I'm saying? That's where you are. You know what I mean? Motherfuckers just blatantly hating on the motherfucker. I'm not shrugging that shit off no more. That's who you are, dog. That's the kind of motherfucker that you are. Because that was blatant fucking hate. Niggas is letting, and motherfuckers let hate just mull over. I'm not. Like, that's why I don't be around all like that when I keep to myself. You're not going to hate on me. Not because I'm doing good, bro. Hold on a second. Yes. Well, who? Okay. Take pictures. I want to see what you're doing. I love you. Uh, anyway, so, yeah, um, that's just how I look at the situation. Like, anytime anybody hating on me or any of that crazy mess. I'm fine. So anytime somebody hating on me or whatever the hell may be going on, I'm 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 like, you know, that's shitty cuz. You feel me? Like I like I just, that. I'm, yeah, man, that's that's how you gotta look at shit now. Like, I'm not like what happened to Nip, it could happen to any of us if we're not paying attention. Like wherever I go, man, I got a hundred thousand dollars worth of jewelry on me, man. One of my watches is seventy five thousand dollars. You understand what I'm saying? Like, motherfuckers just going to hate on that just because. You know what I'm saying? What does this nigga think he is? Dude, I've been in the business for 26-plus years, my nigga. I deserve this. This is who I am. Because I, I work hard for this, my love. I got grandkids, man. I deserve this shit. That's who I think I am. You know, but, like, some people, you know, but I'm not in my own city. I ain't in the city where I came up in. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it just kind of changes a tiny notch as well. I'm always on the lookout. I keep my head on the swivel, and I only deal with good people. My whole camp love me, and I love my entire camp. You feel what I'm saying? And yeah, man, that shit woke me up, man. I let everybody know around me. I'm like, anybody hating on us, we get in and out of our circle, period. If they don't want to see us doing good, if they're not happy for us, and if they're not doing so good, it don't matter. If we can't fuck with you, we can't fuck with you. If I'm working with the police to clear up gang activity, but you working with the police because you ratting on motherfuckers, we not fucking with you. But I'm going to mm-hmm. on working with the authorities in order to clean up my neighborhood. But I can't fuck with you because the people in the neighborhood ain't going to trust me to clean it up because I'm working with the police in the wrong goddamn way. If you're too stupid to realize that, you're a fucking hater, bro. Period. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be near you, bro. We're both working with the authorities, my nigga, but you a rat. I never looked at it like that. Man, that shit, man, that nigga was so goddamn stupid. All he had to do was pull out a hoodlum fucking snippet from the movie Hoodlum. You ain't no better than me. You right. But they'll never trust me to clean up this neighborhood if I fuck with you. They'll never trust me. So it's either I fuck with you or I clean up the whole neighborhood. What you think I should do, bro? But dude was too fucking stupid 
and dude just wanted to see him and everyone and everything else around him hurting. And that's the Mm -hmm. kind of hate that we deal with at this point. We deal with that kind of hate, just motherfuckers ain't got the balls to display it. And that's just facts, you know? You know what I'm saying? I, I wish Nipsey was protected, my baby. I wish Nipsey was protected, you know, with a certain hellfire, you know, that only that only can be produced by a spiritual being, a djinn or, or something of that nature. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. he didn't have that around because when something like that creep up, man, your fucking tendons clench up. Your legs clench up. Uh, your calf muscles stop working. Your neck clench up. Your bloodstream get hot. You fucking faint. Nip ain't had that with him. And I wish that he did. Mm. And that's just facts, man. You know what I'm saying? It's just factory. Do you, do you, uh, you know, and I, I ain't going to get all into the whole conspiracies and all that kind of stuff that's out there, but do you think it was any foul play besides, do you think uh, City Cuz is working with anybody? I mean, I think that's the only way. He, I think he's going to lie. I think I think now that he got Chris Darden on his team, I think that he's going to come up with some conspiracy shit to try to get himself out of it, you know, and say that, you know, um, he was contacted by this. I think he's going to make up an elaborate bullshit, schemed-ass lie to get all black people all riled the fuck up and stretch this shit out as far as he can. And then the government that he talking about going to fuck around and leave that door unlocked and he's going to get his fucking head cut off. This is what the mm. fuck I think going to happen. I think that nigga going to lie. Like, yeah, they uh, they had told me. And motherfuckers was like, we ain't saying shit to this stupid ass bitch ass nigga. Yeah, he snitched on a couple motherfuckers in his day. <laughs> but... We ain't tell this motherfucker to go do shit. He had a meeting. That Nip had a meeting with us in two days. When the fuck we going to tell him to do something to that dude who's about to meet with us? So I think he's going to lie like a motherfucker, and I think he's going to lie to his own detriment. going to try to uh, stir up black people. And, you know, they're going to leave that goddamn door unlocked. Um, you know what I'm saying? Somebody's going to come in there and violate the fuck out of him. You know what I mean? Really, really hurt that dude in the best way that they possibly can. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't want to put no bad energy out there, but that's what I think. That's niggas cruising for cruising. They done killed both his cousins. You know what I'm saying? And shot his baby mama house up and everything else. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, they're going crazy out there, man. And and they ain't going, you know, it, it, that that whole energy and that whole vibe is it's just, it, it, it's really serious, man. It don't take for for anybody to put fuel on that fire, man. That shit is already ablaze, man. Already ablaze, man. Already. I feel that. But, so, um, on the lighter note, you know what I'm saying, because I, 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 I took up a lot of your time, you know what I'm saying? Man, I'm um, chilling, man. It's great talking to you. Man, I, this drink on true. I ain't gonna lie to you, man. Um, I wanted to ask you about, you know, now you, uh, do you have any, like, movies or TV or anything like that in the works? Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. We got a couple of movies that we're doing. We got one, a rockumentary um, about the performance, um, about the death of my brother, the death of my artists. Um, I had, like, five artists on my record label set aside, which closed the whole company down. You know, some of it was mysterious. Some of it was medical um, that we're coming out with. I also um, wrote my biopic. 
Um, we're like 80, 85% done with that. So we're going to be walking that into a couple of uh, offices. We've been talking to Heartbeat Productions and a couple other people uh, just about getting that filmed. So those are the two theatrical things that I'm putting together. And, of course, Carbon Monoxide, Enigma, um, the two singles that I put out in the project is called Carbon Monoxide, and I just want all the smoke right now. So that's the project that we're doing. And, you know, it's just what we're rocking right it. now. You know what I'm saying? I love it. <laughs> I love it. Carbon Monoxide. I love that. You know what I'm saying? Um, another thing I wanted to ask you about, Y'all kids came together and made a group, right? Yeah, my babies made a group. Uh, Lay's kids got something popping, and Cray's kids got something popping, and Wishbone's kids and Fleshbone kids. So our kids is following in their daddies and their uncles' footsteps for sure. But, yeah, my boy, um, Lil Busy, you know, 2 million-plus views for Busy's in the house, 700,000-plus views for Smoke On, um, my son, YBL Sinatra, Bone Bone, he, he's going to be going on the road with me for these 40-plus dates that we're going to be doing, uh, listening parties for the new uh, project, uh, Carbon Monoxide, um, all over America. Um, you know, we're making a complete circle around America, and then we're going to, you know, hit up Canada or Australia, Brazil, and so on and so forth. So that's popping, uh, Bone staying on the road, so. We're constantly moving, we're constantly working. There is no lack of there of work in our future. Okay. What what uh what's some of the producers you work with on Carbon Monoxide? Um, my boy Blaze, um my, my um it's like my homeboy that I've been working with for a few years, him and me and myself. I co produce with him um on a lot of the music and a lot of the tracks. So, you know, I'm 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 seasoned enough to be able to help with production and and telling what I want and so on and so forth. So myself along with Blaze, we're doing the whole thing. It's all in house and it's just a whole new vibe and you know what I know the people want, you know, so that's how we're moving, man. Is uh is DJ Unique still active? Oh well you you know, Unique he um he he uh he's still in the hospital. Um, oh. Unique had a health scare, and he's been in the hospital for about two, three months now. And, oh. um, yeah, so he's not been able to be active, and I want to send my prayers out there to DJ Unique. You know, he just, you know, it just happens to get to a certain age and stuff. And got to stay healthy. You got to take care of yourself, man. Fuck the money, man. Money don't mean shit. You can have billions of dollars, man. And, <laughs> you know, if your health ain't there, man, fuck the money, man, for real. That's a fact. That's a fact. Nice. So, um, before I go ahead and uh, get up out of here, man, I wanted to ask you, what's your what's your favorite Bone record? Man, come on, man. You can't act busy, no shit like that, man. You know, every record is my favorite record. I have to give you my top five, though. Uh, let me give you my top five. Crossroads, um, look into my, not look into my eyes, excuse me, Crossroads, uh, uh, Days of Our Lives, the Panther soundtrack. Uh, shit, now I'm just gonna give you them three. Uh, Days of Our Lives, Crossroads, and the Panther soundtrack. Our earlier recordings, you know what I'm saying? Like it was when we were super tight, you know what I'm saying? Group wise and rehearsing and shit. So those motherfuckers is is definitely the ones, like bro. So I'm a, I'm gonna tell you the ones that I that I still listen to to this day. Um, okay. 
I, I still listen to Days of Our Lives on repeat. And what I what I do is that intro to that record, I listen to that motherfucker over and over again. The way y'all entered that motherfucker was ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? Nice. Um, I, I, I still listen to uh, Bud Smokers Only, which is funny because I don't smoke weed. You know what I'm saying? Gotta know it. <laughs> Mr. Bill Collector is is, is okay. one of my favorites. The the intro to uh, East Ninety Nine is one of my favorites, and one of the one, uh, my one of my favorites that I don't think gets the credit it deserves is the Down Seventy One record where y'all, where oh, y'all right. telling the story. Like that yeah. shit was brilliant. You know what I'm saying? And 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 when when I was like when it came out. Everybody knew that that was my record, you know what I'm saying? But they wanted to hear the, you know, the first of the month and the, you know what I'm saying, uh, most murders and all that kind of stuff. But that was my record. Yes, sir, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, man, me and my boys, man, we crafted it. It took time, too. You know, we really, we like, everybody went in their own corner and made sure it made sense. And it was just one of those ones, man. It was just it was a really, really good time for my crew, a really good time for my band, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to make some classic shit. And, it, it, you know, on behalf of my boys and myself, man, we really, really appreciate, you know, that. That, what you're saying right now, make that shit worth it, man. For real. And make it all fucking worth it, man. All the bullshit, all the drama, all the stress. All the record label shit, you know, the record label saying this about Busy and the record label saying this about Busy and all of that, and make it work, it, brother. Yeah. And uh, b- before I go, because y'all y'all have created so much classic shit, and you know, you hear people comparing y'all, uh, you in particular, to to like mumble rap, which I think is fucking stupid, but. How do you feel about that? Do you see what they're saying? Because, you know what I'm saying, you, we couldn't necessarily make out everything that you said as opposed you know what I'm saying? Just be like, honest with you, man. Let me just keep it 100. The core of mumble rap is a motherfucker trying to master auto-tune. When you're mastering the sound and auto-tune, you can't really say a full word. You're trying to get a sound. You're trying to get a high soprano mechanical Roger Troutman vibe. So that, to me, is where the whole mumble part comes out because you can't say a full word and get the best sound out, whereas you can say um, a half of a word or a piece of a word, and then the auto-tune would take care of the harmony of it. So that's how I look at it as far as why they call it mumble rap. And, you know, rapping and cadences and, and, and scatting, as we call it, and so on and so forth, of course, that originates with bone thugs and harmony. Of course that does. You know what I'm saying? Of course. Come on. And us as bone, as, as bone thugs and harmony, we wanted to bring something to music anyway. So take it and run with it, you know. But if Little Pump, Post Malone, and Amigos all put out a song, and you don't know which one song that it is, because they all sound the same. Mm-hmm. The sound is auto-tune. It's not mumble rap. The sound is auto-tune. And that's just really what it is. So more power to them brothers. And, you know, anybody making money in this fucking industry is a fucking blessing at the end of the fucking day. Period, point blank. This, this fucking, 
this fucking industry will chew you up and spit you the fuck out. If you don't have a signature voice, then it'll chew you up and spit you out. If you're living off of, we young niggas. Okay. <laughs> you're 28 years old, 28, 29 years old. When do you stop being the young nigga? So as soon as you stop being the young nigga, what happens to you? Because it ain't talent. So what happens to you? So I just think that they set and they self up for failure. Because one thing that doesn't stop is time. It continues to keep ticking. So go on and enjoy that. I'm the young nigga shit. Enjoy. But eventually, my nigga, you ain't going to be the young nigga no more. Then what? And that's how I look at mumble rap. That's a fact. That's a fact. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you taking this time to rap with me, man. This was a dope, dope man. Uh, I appreciate this shit too, man. Shit, man. It felt good to get this interview off. And let's just keep pushing, man, and make sure you get AG all of what he needs, man. Enigma, man. We, we got to promote Enigma. We got to promote carbon monoxide, not only the singles. Look at the, the visuals, the video on Jam TV. Type in Jam TV Busy Bone, and you can look at Enigma, Carbon Monoxide. I'm serving these motherfuckers up with a three-piece fish dinner. No coleslaw, no hush puppies. Uh, uh, we're going on a 40-city-plus run around America to, to, to do the listening party for Carbon Monoxide, the album. And, man, man fucking Bone Thugs and Harmony and everything that we doing. And Lazy got some shit out called Annihilation. Crazy just did some shit for the soundtrack to, uh, to Us, the movie that Jordan Peele just came out with, with the Loonies. I got five on it. The remix, um, Flesh and Bones on his thing. Uh, it's just a grand event right now, man, and I appreciate you. Man, what, what's up with Wish, man? Huh? A wishes, you know, wishes a group orientated dude. You know what I'm saying? He's always been that way, you know, and that's just what he remains to be. You know, um, he just supports everyone in the group the best that he can, and his whole thing is a unified Bone Thugs and Harmony front. He loves the group aspect of it. He's not into the solo stuff. It's just not what he does. Um, that's that's just wish. That's just who he is. That's what's up. All right, man. I'm gonna Somebody got to be that way. Yeah, because I, I, I mean the thing is, I felt like he was. He, I don't I don't know if this is true, but I just felt like he was kind of a leader. You know what I'm saying? Not necessarily in the, the in meaning the best rapper, but he just seemed like the the, the you know kind of like the, on the on the business part but you you say that you were more business minded than 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 everybody um i mean well it wasn't so much about me being more business minded than everybody it was just me standing up to the label saying we need to own our masters and right. i was willing to starve 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 the whole thing out up until we just, I just didn't want to sign. I didn't give a fuck about not having money or any of that shit. I'm like, let's not re-sign with them. And every year my niggas was re-signing. You know what I mean? And I wouldn't sign shit. And then they would have to come to me individually and, you know, come on, come on, come on, come on, et cetera, et cetera. And then that's when I did things on my own. And 
that's just how I play play my position. You know what I mean? I did not want to re-sign with Ruthless Records after Eazy-E died. I didn't give a fuck about the money. I, I knew that we had something. I knew we had that buzz. And if we would have went on our own, we could have owned everything. It's a good so thing you fought. I was going to say it's a good thing that you fought for your masters when you did because you didn't know that streaming was coming. But now you, you're getting the lion's share of the, of the paper. You know Man, what I mean? It's a good thing. Exactly. So. What advice you got for any, what what advice you got for any upcoming artists? Love music, find a signature voice, do it because you love music, because you want to put your music out there and you want the world to hear it, and you want to make an impact on the world as an artist. And never worry about the money. Never worry about it. When the money starts to come, be on your business, be intelligent, be wise, be smart, but do it for the music. Because people that only get in it for the money if they're not smart enough to get get to the top, then they wind up losing interest and they have to find another profession. So do it because of the music. Do it because you love the music. Stay creative. Stay in your zone. And that's my advice. That's what's up. All right, man. That's the that's legend Busy Bone, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. All right, so we out. Uh, one more thing, one more thing. You can catch me on Instagram, Mr. McCain, M-R-M-C-C-A-N-E. You can catch me on Facebook, I am Busy O, and also on YouTube, Jam TV. That's where you can see all my newest videos, all my newest hottest material. Type in Jam TV Busy Bo, and you'll see me. So I thank you guys. Appreciate you. No problem. No problem, man. All right. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right.